Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 187, Look Into My Drawn Eyes. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Nana as my guest on the show. How you doing today? I'm good, I'm good. Staying stay warm because it's cold outside. Okay, wait, how cold is it where you're at? Without giving any specific locations. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I live in California, so it might not be as cold as others, but it's like 30 something degrees and I'm just not for it I'm used to like 50 being like the lowest and I'm like why is it 37 degrees right now <laughs> but once again, I'm from California so <laughs> so what you're saying basically is that you coming up here for this interview might not have been ideal at this time because uh <laughs> it's I'm in Ottawa Ontario Canada your neighbor mm-hmm. up north and it is below freezing actually no it's <gasps> above freezing oh look at that Ooh, it's like i would have <laughs> <you're laughs> like, oh. had a blanket hat plus jacket plus earmuffs mm. <laughs> no it's short season for sure <laughs> shorts on shorts on shorts on long pants on other shorts <laughs> exactly and thermals <laughs> But today, I can talk about the weather all the time. This is what I do as a Canadian. But today, we're going to be talking about Nana's beautiful, beautiful hobby that she likes to illustrate. And it's being an illustrator. Boom. Pun intended. So before we jump into that topic, who is Nana? Well, I am a grad student. I'm currently in my master's program for counseling psychology at a um, small private university in my area. Um, I'm from the Bay Area. Um, and I draw as my hobby, basically, whenever I have free time and whenever, whenever I have time, basically, <laughs> I do art. So like right now you're, you're drawing, you're drawing this podcast, <laughs> like you're picturing what I look like, like, oh, okay. He said bald. Lately. Yeah. Right. Okay. Just extra shine. A <laughs> little sound effect and everything. <laughs> oh my goodness. How'd you know? Now? <laughs> I, I know, I know everything. Well, my wife says I don't, but I do, I do sometimes, but yes, that's perfect. And also if you do illustrations, I'm sure you share it online. So do you have any social media links, websites, or even projects you're working on that you would love people to come check out and show you some love? Yeah, um, I post mostly on my Twitter and on my Instagram. My Twitter is um, maybe it's Nana, you know, like maybe it's Maybelline, but maybe it's Nana. <laughs> <laughs> and then my Instagram is actually Nani Draw, so N-A-N-I-I Draws. Um, D-R-A-W-S. Perfect. I'll put that down below. And I have to ask you, when you do read your own, let's say, tag, or not your tag, but the name for your Twitter profile, do you do the little jingle in your head every time you read it? (laughs) I do. (laughs) I do. (laughs) And you know, from now on, that's what I'm going to do. I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe it's Maybelline. (laughs) That's what what I'm going to do. Right. (laughs) So catch you. You have to. Yeah, well, perfect. I'll put that down below. So it'll be easy for everybody to find and sing along to the lovely jingle. (laughs) And now we're going to jump into the topic of your beautiful art, being an illustrator. So how would you define what kind of illustrations you do? Because it can just be so vast and it's so subjective on like what you can do. So what is your style? Mm, So my style, first off, I grew up (laughs) watching a lot of anime, um, being involved in video games. So you would I would categorize my art style as being a hybrid off of anime. Um, there's a period where I try to be more realistic and then I realized that's just not who I am. So I just embraced it. Um, so it's more of just like a, like I said, a hybrid of anime art style. So you would see a lot of traits and a lot of, um, features that you would see in like a lot of anime, especially in like the, um, 2000s, um, you would see it in my own artwork. So I would say that's how I categorize my own art style. <laughs> this is why. 
we were meant to have this interview because no. I, I felt there's a connection because I love anime as well and Yay. I love video games and the sweater I'm wearing right now is a sweater from One Punch Man. So, Oh, yes. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Okay, so I have a bunch of questions, but I have to have one little order of before we jump into all the madness of questions, mm -hmm. how did you get actually introduced to illustration? So I think I've always liked drawing like as a kid, I've always liked doing art, coloring and all of that. But there was this one specific period in my life where I had trans uh, transferred schools when I was in second grade and I, I was a shy little kid. I was really shy, um, <laughs> didn't know how to interact with people. And I remember I saw these three girls who would just sit like in the little lawn area in the playground and they would just draw like at all recess, all break. And I, for some reason, thought that was so cool. And I was like, I want to be their friend so badly. So I remember trying to, I don't know, like insert myself slowly <laughs> in my little awkward way into their little friend group. Like, hi, you know, I like your drawings. And I would try to draw. They were so, they were leagues like above me. Like they were so good, especially for their age. So, so good. And yeah, after that, like, I eventually um, I became friends with them or acquaintances. I didn't really get close with them until middle and high school. And I'm still friends with them to this day. Like they're three of my, one of my, some of my closest friends ever. I still, I still talk to them regularly. They know they're, they're the reason why I got in. <laughs> I always say like, I thought you guys are so cool. I don't know why I thought you were so cool. No, but I thought y'all were so cool. You guys really, you know, they really inspired me to try to this art thing. And then it just something that, stuck and became something that was very um consistent throughout my life up until this point so, that is so yeah. cool i love how you still stay connected with them and do you guys still share some illustrations you do with each other so <laughs> they don't really the only person who really draws in my that firm group is one person she actually ended up going to art school so but the other two don't <laughs> they don't draw anymore um i have one as you know i kind of that was kind of inaccurate. One, my, one of my other, one of the girls in that group did is trying to get back into art gradually because she saw that I started posting it. She was like, I should post mine again. I said, yeah, you should because you're good. Like, you're really good. <laughs> and so she's trying to um, get back into it slowly as well. But uh, my other friend, I think she's kind of like, whatever. She has other interests that she um, decides to like go more into. So she's like, eh. But yeah, out of the two, out of the whole friend group, it's just like me and the other two girls so we don't really show art anymore <laughs> they kind of just see what i post on social media they're like oh that's so cool why should yeah. just call them out in this episode right here with their name saying hey i challenge you and then it's like oh <laughs> damn it now right. everybody's expecting it <laughs> but they listen to this they're gonna be like oh wow i feel called out all right now i gotta thanks, do it <laughs> <laughs> right like okay thanks all right cool it's like yeah you gotta do it now <laughs> okay so you you created this friendship with these people and you started illustrating and Drawing, do you still own or remember the first thing you've ever created? I don't remember the very first thing I've ever drawn. I do have old sketchbooks still in this little crate, file crate behind me right now. I have no idea what was the first time. I just remember there is a very, like a core memory of me. <laughs> Someone showed me this trick of like writing the word boy, you know, um, lowercase b o y, and then using that to make like a girl's face <laughs> and so huh. i remember just doing that all the time 
I mean, like doing that, it came out to be like very same face, same syndrome. Every character looked exactly the same because the same same format. But I think that was some that was if not the first thing, but one of the first things I've ever drawn in my life. That's an interesting <laughs> so technique. That's really yeah. interesting. I never knew about boy. I'm thinking, is it a, a top to bottom or left to right? It's like you. So you write out boy and then from the Y. So you it's like you when you go down when as if you're like finishing a Y you go all the way around to the beginning of the B and then you connect with the long stem of the B. Oh. You go over and then you connect with the Y on the other side. And then from there, the O, the O and the O looking thing in the lowercase B <laughs> are the eyes. And then you just draw your nose. That's so <laughs> and cool. And then mouth and then you draw a ponytail. And then it's like, oh, it's a girl. Oh, a girl, yeah. <laughs> but that's awesome. Actually, that's pretty cool. Thing you just mentioned so it actually leads me to ask you are there any other cool tricks you've learned that just made things easier whether it's to like draw a nose or draw eyes or shoulders or any other like body parts as far as drawing noses it's i or just people's faces focusing on shapes help a lot and i'm still learning how to kind of divers diversify my the faces i draw because i've noticed recently that the characters i draw kind of look a little bit too similar for my liking so it's like i would try to diversify and i've researched stuff like okay how can i do that because i if i just draw people from real life i get overwhelmed i'm like i don't know what to focus on and people say like focus on shapes so like with the nose you might have a triangle or if you want to draw a wide nose um just focus on how that person's the what shapes you see in that person's nose so it might be an oval or triangle, a triangle with a low, like with a, a wider base, or I'm not sure how to describe it, but just really focusing how, what shapes make up a person's face. So that has helped me a lot. Um, I'm still learning how to kind of, like it makes sense in my head, but it's hard to actually apply it to the, in practice. But that's one, tr that's one trick that has been very helpful in just art in general, just shapes. And just to jump back to your interest and your love for anime and video games, because I'm telling you, this is going to be the big topic of this because you bring it up into illustration and this is why we're friends now. <laughs> what is your favorite anime to draw and what is your favorite video game to draw? Oh, man. Uh, so, hmm. I have a little, so, hmm. I have a little bit of confession. <laughs> I have not finished an anime in so long. My, I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't finish one. I started Jujutsu Kaisen and mm. that was fire. But I yes. didn't finish. I don't know why I didn't finish. <laughs> I, but recently, um, I remember something that one, I guess, sports, or not, I already said it, but one genre anime that I really like and always will love is sports anime. So Kuroko's Basketball, Haikyuu, um, those two is something that I really, really like. And just, and I don't know, I don't know why. I think maybe because I grew up playing sports. I ran track. I played soccer. I ran track um throughout college throughout high school throughout college and so i think i just resonated with the characters and like being super hyped for these tournaments it's like yeah let's go like i'll be watching like Virgo's <laughs> basketball and it's like i'm watching the nba finals it's like let's yeah. go let's go like <laughs> it's 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 a trip but i do really like those types of anime and as far as video game my favorite video game of all time is kingdom hearts that's my favorite video game that's my favorite franchise it's controversial because i get it's it's a kind of a complicated storyline if you i guess don't 
if you're not very familiar with the storyline, you don't play all the games, you like skip one. It's very, it can, you can't skip any games. <laughs> you can't skip any like storylines unless you're going to be lost. And, but I like that. I, I, I don't know. I really like that. I like how intriguing it is. It's so different and it's kind of wacky sometimes. Um, Cause you have like, you know, like JRPG, JRPG elements with Disney and it's like, okay, how does that, how does that work? But it works. I don't know mm-hmm. how Nomura does it, but it works <laughs> and it's fire to me. So, <laughs> but yeah, those are my two faves, I guess you could say. <laughs> okay. So we've established a few things. You love anime, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. love video games. Mm-hmm. You also played soccer and track and field. I also played mm-hmm. soccer and did track and field as well. Hey. And uh, I play one of my favorite video games is Super Smash Bros. And one of my main characters is Sora. Period. Yes. <laughs> That's the only correct answer. No. Yeah. <laughs> we love that. Like, I'm telling you, this interview was meant to be. And I'm, yes. I'm sure down the line is like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to love. I don't know. I was going to say potatoes. Oh my God. I love potatoes too. I know it's the most random thing to just mention, but there I'm sure there's more actual things humans love, but yes, <laughs> back to the actual illustration uh, aspect. Uh, so within these colors, I saw your illustrations, but since this is just an audio podcast, it's a little harder for people to see. Mm-hmm. What are some colors you prefer to use that you just gravitate to? So as far as colors, I gravitate a lot towards muted tones, um, neutral tones and like pastels. So you see a lot of like, neutral green neutral greens a lot of neutral pinks and rosy pinks and also pastels so like really pastel and soft pinks blues yellows um even like shades of like ivory white and i center a lot of so me being a black artist i center black people in my work so i most i like to combine shades of dark skin shins of brown skin with pastel or muted tones in a very um, ethereal or aesthetically pleasing type um, piece, if that makes sense. So that's what you would see in my work if you were to look at it on like Twitter. <laughs> and this might be the hardest question I'm going to ask you, and I'm sorry, but which one is your favorite creation? Mm. <laughs> mm. So, oh gosh, I think the one that. I think one of my, let me say one of my favorites, I'm going to say one of my favorites is one that I did for the upcoming Christmas season. I did it. I I think I posted it the day after Thanksgiving. Um, It's this girl, a brown skin girl. I, she's um, one of my original characters or OCs. Her name's Eleanor. I call her Nori. Um, She has this really, this white, um, delicate, um, I guess you would say like dress. It's kind of like a Lolita style dress. And she has like a little beret and she has her hair in like braids and it's tied up into like pigtails. It's, I'm really, I'm describing it terribly right now, but it's like a very delicate and um, soft piece. And I just really like how the colors and my, the line work in that, just like the line, very, the line weight variation in that piece came together in a way that it exactly the way I wanted to. And I was worried because there was a point where I was doing, I'm just like, mm, I don't know where this is going to go. But then when I was done, I'm like, this is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> so I think that's one of my, f- I think that is one of my favorites, if not my favorite. And I would also imagine these creations are not just standing up with their arms on their sides and just looking directly at you. They're probably in some very interesting positions and doing some cool gestures. So it might be an odd question to ask, but what kind of scenario do you put them in? So for me, I like to, and maybe, <laughs> I don't know. I like looking at a lot of like 
editorial fashion like um pieces so like this stuff where it's like very like very flowy very dainty very ethereal positions kind of like it's like kind of that ex- exhumes like divine divinity beauty so something that is very just like oh just like flowy like i'm here like <laughs> i don't know how to describe it <laughs> but yeah something that exudes that is i don't really do a lot of like very which is what i want to work on later on or hopefully this year fingers crossed new year's revolution more dynamic poses more interesting poses with perspective and like interesting angles um but yeah those are the types of positions i usually work with with my um subjects and do you ever have reoccurring characters that come back for i say like it's it's like an anime show they come back but i mean more as in like you were so inspired by that one creation that you wanted to make another variation with either a different outfit or different hairstyle or anything at all because you just love that character Mm-hmm. Are, are you talking about like one of my original, like original characters or talking about like fan art, like, like Gojo from JJK? <laughs> okay. Well, now you mentioned two things. You do some original <laughs> stuff and some like re-inspired things. Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's start with the original stuff because it's you. Okay. We're going to be original. Yes. Let's, let's talk about your original character. Oh my God. I have so many questions about that. Who was yeah. your first original character? And then oh, I just. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few. I mean, I don't remember my very first one. There was one, um, there's one girl who I would draw. I remember drawing a long time ago and she's went through like a lot of re- like revamps and redesigns throughout the year. Cause I made her when I was like 12 and it's like, uh, you need to be changed a little bit. <laughs> um, so Eleanor is one Eleanor that we didn't used to be her name, but Eleanor was one of my first OCs that I made. And I think another one, was she the one of my originals? I think her, this one was one of the first ones. Eva was definitely one of my first ones that I made and like named and was like, this is, this is the character. So as far as characters who pop up a lot in my work, um, ones that I've drawn a lot recently for some reason i've like fixated with like certain ocs but um this one girl named ariana call her ari a lot of people recognize her because she has pink hair (laughs) Mm. (laughs) pink hair so she catches a lot of people's eyes and so ari is someone who i um draw a lot as far and also eleanor is someone who i draw a lot so those two characters always pop up a lot in my um work Okay, so this is, this is, oh my God, I'm just loving this right now. <laughs> I got so many questions. My curiosity gets the best of me at times. So hmm. with these original characters you've created, are they based off of people you've interacted with in real life? Yeah. So some, at first, when I did first create them, I remember Eleanor was based off of myself at that point. So me being 12, feeling like I didn't feel it, fit in anywhere. I was just so shy. Eleanor was kind of based off of that. Uh, off of that idea I had of myself so but right now and right now my the characters that I have are based off of maybe traits I've seen in other people um, not completely based off of one person but just like traits I've seen in other other people in a way that this that that specific person um, exhibit those traits so like someone may be passive aggressive but that passive aggressiveness may look different in other people because everybody's different so I might base off, I might base Eleanor's passive aggressiveness off of someone like my friend's passive aggressiveness because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's unique to that person. And I might find that really interesting. It might not be in a way where it's like you 
you'll immediately tell like, oh, that reminds me of so-and-so and Nana's life. But it's just something that I've interpreted from that, my, that friend. And I think, I'll think that trait's really interesting. I'll kind of put it in Eleanor. <laughs> well, you got to do what you got to um, do. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah no, that absolutely makes sense. Does. Okay. <laughs> and speaking about things that don't make sense, as my following <laughs> question. So for me, I produce music. And whenever mm. I produce music, I picture a, like a scene from a movie. I always picture something happening. For you, when it comes to, it's a really odd question I'm formulating, but for you, when you create your masterpieces, do the characters, your original ones, do, are they part of the same like storyline or universe? Or are they mm. all from different uh, like points and not related to one another? And not, not necessarily related, but kind of like within the same world. Mm, like lore. Yeah, <laughs> like different. yeah. Got it. So actually, yeah. So some, so not every OC that I have is, <laughs> I make, this might be me making things more difficult than it needs to be, but that's just how my brain works. But um, all my OCs don't have, are not a part of the same world. There's actually <laughs> three different, <laughs> three different storylines that I have. <laughs> It's a lot. Like I said, like I don't know why I did this, but there's three se separate storylines that I have, and you might I have some OCs in like storyline A, some OC some OCs in storyline B, and then the other OCs in storyline C. And I'm being vague because I don't have anything like I don't really have a lot of storylines or plots worked out, <laughs> so it's like I can't give you like any plot. But um, they all are not related in like the same lore even though i might have some interact just because i think they would be interesting 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 to see how they would interact even though they're not from the same lore i have some um, ocs that are a part of like different lores so a part of the um different three lores that i have if that makes sense no it absolutely does and whenever i look at your creations this this is me i always picture a storyline with that character like a full like 12 episode anime yeah. <laughs> It's gotta, be 12 episodes. it's gotta be 12 episodes yeah i love that i love that <laughs> and so in order to create these things there has to be a process through it so how would take me through your steps on how you start a project the tools you use and the planning and everything in between so what i usually do so i use an i do all my art digitally i used to do traditional and then i was like i don't want to do that anymore so i did <laughs> i do digital so what i usually do if i get i usually I might kind of kickstart this process is what I might see something like on most likely Pinterest or Twitter on those like fashion aesthetic boards that come across my timeline all the time. And I was like, oh, I want to draw that. And so if I follow through with it, I'll go, I'll open up Clip Studio Paint. That's the program that I use on my iPad. And I just, I will just sketch. I might do a warm up. I might sketch out just a basic pose. Or if I have a um, specific pose that I have that um, already kind of chosen, but I don't know how to approach it, I will go I'll go straight to Pinterest or Google and look for references. Um, I probably should do that first, but like I said, I like to make things harder than it needs to be. So I would try <laughs> and then realize I can't do it blind and then go, <laughs> go there. And so I'll go choose references. I might have to splice together like a pose. Like if I can't find one specific, specific pose i might have to say go and collect a bunch of different pictures that kind of i can take like oh this arm going this way this leg going this way this angle of the face going upward or whatever um so that way i can kind of piece together what what pose i want to do and then from there i will just 
sketch it out really really rough sketch if you saw my rough sketches you'll be like ooh, because uh, <laughs> nothing makes sense <laughs> nothing makes sense it's very very rough sketch and then when i typically do i typically do line art um a lot of artists don't and i don't blame them because it takes so much time um but i typically do line art um straight from the rough sketch so instead of doing like a really clean sketch sometimes I'll just go from the ske- rough sketch straight to the line art. That way I can kind of just modify. And that also keeps my line art um, loose, if that makes sense. So like if I focus too much on everything being very neat with the line art, um, it makes it very stiff in my opinion. So if I just go from rough sketch to just line art, I can just clean it up. And it still kind of maintains the fluidity of the pose. So I'll do that. I'll adjust the wine lift, the wine lift width because um, Clip Studio Paint has a feature where you can adjust the wine lift so you can have those varying li- line weights in my pieces. Um, that's a trick from Clip Studio because <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that freehand. It doesn't look that good if I freehand it. Um, so I do that and then I just proceed with coloring. I use a lot of gradient maps, which basically filters your pieces into very interesting color palettes um that um i <laughs> i haven't developed my colors my color school that much yet so i use the gradient maps as like a cheat code is like makes it look like i know what i'm doing i really don't um so i do that i play a lot with the um gradient maps the effects the colors the palettes and the lighting and then i merge the layers and i just kind of clean up and as until and usually what ends up happening is that i pick I pick out a piece for a long time and just kind of like a modify here, modify there when it really doesn't doesn't need to be modified. I don't know when it's I don't know when to stop. So I might I had to be like, I'm done. I'm not touching this no more. <laughs> I'm it's done. Like, Come on, back <laughs> so, off, leave it. Exactly. <laughs> like close the iPad and go to bed. You're this is you're not gonna change it anymore. So let it go. <laughs> and then I'll just post I'll usually um post it a day after so i'll sleep on it and then i'll look at it with fresh eyes and then i might make adjustments like if for example if the skin comes out too um pale like too ashy <laughs> i'll i'll increase the saturation because i know with my tired eyes i'll look at a piece the day after it's like oh lord like <laughs> so i'll adjust that and then i'll post it if i don't decide to take more time on it so that's typically my process will creating a piece well you know that was my next question about do you ever look back at a project like what if i just adjusted this but i have another question mm-hmm. this happened to me with music production i don't know if it happened to you but mm. for the projects you've created and you're like wow this is so good this is my masterpiece i'm going to share it people are going to love it and people mm-hmm. are like meh and then the ones you put like <laughs> not as much effort people are like oh my god this is amazing yes. it's the best thing ever you're like what, what? How? What? Mm-hmm. You, you didn't. That's I, just being on Twitter. That's just being a Twitter. <laughs> like literally, you post something that's like you spend so much time on it, and it's like, oh my god, they're gonna love this, and then it gets no reception. It's mm-hmm. like, fine, all right, I'll hold that L. You post like a sketch that you were just kind of like memeing around. You're just like, you know what? It's fine. I'm just having fun, and it's just like that just blows. It goes viral. It's like you wasn't supposed to give those numbers to that. You're supposed to give those numbers to when I worked so much. I put so much time in and then you chose to <laughs> blow up the sketch when it took like five minutes. But I feel like that, I feel like it's just kind of, it's, I mean, it's just like I said, it's just being on Twitter. And also it's just people's, I guess you can say like, that's just the value of people's interpretations. Like maybe that, that meme or that um, music that you produced that took like maybe <laughs> an hour, mm-hmm. maybe that really spoke to somebody. 
and spoke to a lot of people and were like, you were just kind of like throwing it out there like, eh. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I really spoke to you. So I, I'll give you that. <laughs> Make sure you last bitter. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, you did mention Twitter and Twitter is notorious for being filled with people who have good opinions, bad opinions, being honest, dishonest and all that. So mm -hmm. for you, for people who are listening, who are interested in sharing their creations, how do you deal with, uh, what, let's say, not necessarily negative feedback, but just feedback in general online? So something that I've learned early on, and I learned this from my dad specifically, I remember him saying this, he said, even if you don't want to hear it or something that can be really, really rude, um, you could still, you could learn something from that. So for example, if you get like an unsolicited opinion and for for the most part, it might be something that's just you, obvious that the person doesn't know what they're talking about. It might you might learn something from that. So, for example, I remember someone commented like, oh, you should make this person's eyes gold. And instead of I don't know, I forgot what color, what eye color it was, um, because it goes better with her skin color. And it's just like one don't tell me what to do but two it kind of taught me how to ignore so it taught me how to just i didn't even i didn't respond to that person i ignored it i didn't think i i didn't hide the reply i was just like i'm actually like you don't exist so it's just i guess from that i learned how to ignore people and i remember someone gave an unsolicited I, that happens a few times people give unsolicited opinions on your art like oh you have you ever thought about making a line art um straighter or have you ever thought about um, doing this color palette? Have you ever thought about making, putting more detail into this outfit? It's like, okay, one, don't tell me what to do. I do this for a reason. <laughs> and two, it's like, okay, well, maybe I could incorporate more detail into my outfits, the outfits I draw. Because I did notice that a lot of outfits I draw are kind of dull and kind of just like one, there's not really a lot of detail. And so that's something where it's like, you might be spitting, but I'm still going to let you don't exist. So, but I'm a, I'm a remember that and put it, I'm a tuck it in my back pocket for later. And I started gradually doing that, but it was more, I was, I was more doing it because I wanted to do it. If that makes sense. So putting the power back in my hand is like, I'm not doing it because you told me to, I'm doing it because I want to. I don't know if that made sense, but that's just kind of how I deal with Twitter being, and just people being invasive and having unsolicited opinions that's just how i deal with it because people are going to have opinions regardless and they some might be ruder than others and it's just like as long as that person is not being really really disrespectful or offensive or anything if it's like really offensive if it's offensive just if you're not like i'm blocking you and deleting the comment but like if it's something where it's like just an unsolicited unsolicited opinion then it's like okay still not gonna listen but i'm gonna tuck that in my back pocket but that's how i deal with it <laughs> Well, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, just what, a couple of weeks ago, I had a comment on my Instagram post where I was promoting somebody's hobby, which was people watching. And for me, I, I, I love everybody's hobbies. They do it for themselves. So I always defend my guests. And this person's mm -hmm. like, why do you have these kind of people on? You should have more interesting people like who collect sex dolls and spits oh. fire and stuff like that. Oh. And then just do that. These people are oh. boring. The ones you have on, they do crochet. This oh. boring. And I'm like, so my answer, I could have been like, you're straight up, but I'm like, you know, I'm just going to do the, the corporate answer. So we reached your complaint and we, mm -hmm. the host considered and like it went on to like a, here's your complaint number and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the right. Whole, right. Like, HR, like, hmm, we hear you. Yeah. Mm. Right. But unfortunately we can't do anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. It's like, we can't do anything about that. Yeah. That's how you got to do it. Like it might be, 
there might be like value in there might be value in the opinion it's like maybe but at the same time it's like don't tell me what to do like <laughs> yeah yeah you know like don't tell me what kind of guests i can have on my my podcast so <laughs> exactly and in the back of my mind i'm thinking for me you can attack me all you want that's fine but at the moment you attack my guest that's where i get more defensive and i'm like no mm-hmm. i'm not taking any of that <laughs> so if anybody attacks you i'm jumping in full hey. force period <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so now back to illustration, which is the topic of today. What is something you know now you wish you knew when you first started? A lot of the emotions that happen with creating art, especially for a public platform, it's natural and to be expected. So me feeling shame or embarrassment or a feeling of inadequacy in comparison to artists that I look up to, artists who I really value their work a lot. Or artists who might be younger than me um, and have like have their skill is just ridiculously good for their age. Um, I feel like in the this emotions about recreating art and maybe not having it be received as you would like it to be like you thought it would go viral and it's like, oh, it didn't. OK, those emotions are very normal. And a lot of artists, a lot of creators have those emotions. And I think just acknowledging it as something that is even though it might not feel good you're not necessarily a bad artist for feeling those feelings and that's something that i usually i struggled with it's like oh i'm so like embarrassing like i'm not a real artist because i artists you gotta like stick by your craft and da 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 like and me feeling bad about my art or me feeling like oh this piece sucks or whatever doesn't necessarily mean i'm not an artist or not a true artist because every creator feels those feelings and it's just something that is So just acknowledging those feelings as something that is not necessarily putting a good or bad label onto it, but just something as something that exists, that helped a lot kind of navigating and processing those emotions that I may feel. So I wish I learned how to do that and not categorize something as those feelings as good or bad, but just something as is. It is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And speaking about it is what it is in a weird way, what would you say is the best part about illustrating on a personal and an emotional level? For me, it's something that is a distraction. Um, it's This hobby is very much a distra- distraction. Just when I'm not feeling good, it's something that I turn to. And I would think like, you know, stuff in my life's not going too well. Or I'm not feeling too well. I'm not going to draw as much. I actually draw more because of distraction. That's something I learned something about my that's something that I learned about myself recently but also one of the best parts about drawing is like especially for me being a black artist who holds diversity and representation as being very very important just hearing people say that they see themselves in the characters I draw once I started getting comments like oh she looks just like me oh this person looked just like me as a kid and it's like that did something shifted when I heard that and heard people say that that meant more than anything. It's just that's I could give someone those feelings of validation and someone who and give someone those feelings of like being able to take pride in who, who they are, what they look like, especially in media where they might not see themselves in media as often as others. And just be able to give those feelings of validation to someone is it's wild. It's so, it's wild. Like, I love that. That's very, very rewarding. I'm happy that I'm able to do that to someone. It's just something that I realize is something so much bigger than myself. 
and you're having an impact on these people. And it's, that's the beautiful thing. People, it doesn't have to be a mass audience, even that just one individual. They mm-hmm. say, I love this. This I feel connected to this. And that's what it's all about. And I'm mm-hmm. sure you went through this as I did growing up when it came to anime. It was hard mm-hmm. to relate to some of these characters because they didn't look like us. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Now you got to see a lot more creative artists, diverse artists from all backgrounds, creating characters from all walks of life. And I love that. That's the beauty of art. Like you have, I've learned so many things about so many people's backgrounds and experiences from people's art that I follow on, on Twitter. Like I've, I've learned so many stuff from artists that I follow, my mutuals, everybody who create that, that is um, reflective of the experiences that they live. I just, I learned so much and I'm able to just like find beauty or see the beauty in their experiences and see the beauty of who they represent and what they represent. And it's just, it's, 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 it's definitely awesome. It's definitely awesome to see. So I'm half black, half white. My wife is Korean. Our son is just a mix of everything. The moment I find an anime character that has the same background as my son, oh, we're going <laughs> to watch that show. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. More black characters in anime. You got yeah. it. <laughs> and for you, what was your biggest challenge when you first started illustrating? Ooh, um, definitely comparison. I mean, for me, my I I struggle with self esteem a lot. So like, growing up, I struggle with self esteem. I don't know where it came from. I mean, like, my parents are very, very supportive, very affirming. Um, it, like with art, art too, like very, very supportive. So I don't really know where that came from, but. I, I struggle with a lot with self-esteem and not really <laughs> feeling like, you know, kind of like the cliche, like I didn't fit in, but I really, that's what I felt like growing up. Um, I didn't fit in. Um, I, I felt like I didn't fit in. Um, I just didn't really know how to talk to people. That was just, that's, that was the reality <laughs> of it. But <laughs> um, so I think just compares, comparing myself to a lot of people is definitely a challenge. Uh, I still struggle with it to this day. I just have to remember that everybody, everybody's journey, not only in art, but in life, it's deeply personal and you can't compare yourself to anybody else because their experiences differ so much from yours. They might, uh, especially like you kind of like, um, like privileges and like um, stuff like that. Like people may have access to things that you may not have access to due to like circumstances that are outside of your control. It's just what it is, what it is. So it's just, for me, just like remembering is like I'm in my own journey. My journey is deeply personal to myself and I'm exactly where I am supposed to be at this moment. Right here on this podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's right here. It's a perfect yeah. spot for now. <laughs> and then after yeah, the episode, exactly. like, oh yeah, yeah. I was on that podcast. Right, right. That was a good time at that podcast. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for you, what is your latest challenge these days? Um, well, as I mentioned before, diversifying the my facial the faces that I draw, I realize I draw a specific type of person. Um, just as far as I I draw a lot of the same features, so there. While I don't think my characters have same face syndrome or the faces that look like come like clones of each other, I do see that there is trends. Obvious, there's trends in my work that I would really like to not have, um, just so I can be able to draw every type of person there is but that's just a personal goal of mine i want to be able to represent everybody in my work and right now i'm just like mm, i don't see that so <laughs> i right now i've been working going ironically enough going back to like fundamentals and of art um looking at how to construct a face as far as like different planes of the face 
um, how to diversify your the face of the features and body features that a person may have and how to draw that or how to encapture that in your work as far as like shapes and all that. And also just also recently um just uh, gesture drawing. So just like learning how how do I how can I explain this? Like how poses work and how to incorporate the fluidity of poses into different um, poses that you may incorporate into your art. Because um, like I said, um, there's certain, there's like specific trends in my work that I gravitate to because it's um, something that I know how to do. So I need to step outside my comfort zone and figure out how to do other things so I can be able to represent anything and everything in my work. So that's my biggest challenge. <laughs> now, I know this is not your personality. You have a very welcoming and inviting personality, but I can cool. just imagine for some reason you're talking about doing new gestures for your characters. And mm. that if somebody were to send you an unsolicited like message or like something regarding your like creations, you just have one version of that, just giving him giving them the middle finger. Just send that and just call it a day. <laughs> right. Shoot, that's good. I'll just send selfie myself and give them the middle finger. Like <laughs> Just that. Like, Make it personal. I'm kidding. Yeah, just personal. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, I don't get one of those messages no! or one of those. <laughs> no. Oh man, that can be pretty stressful. Yeah, but yeah. actually, weird segue. Wow, Alex, you made the perfect segue. What sure. would you say is the most stressful part about illustrating? See how I did that connection? Really poorly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, stressful. Um. Well, art. Art is hard. Art is so hard. A lot of people, I feel like. A lot of artists I've noticed that they 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 sell they sell themselves stores like you're doing this stuff is not easy. Like it's so it's like, oh my bad art and bad arts. It's like art is so hard. And the fact that you're able to create something says a lot. <laughs> says a whole lot. Art is hard. But I feel like the most stressful thing in illustrating is definitely for me, I have the tendency to start a project or start a piece and then completely drop it if they don't pick it up for like a month. And for me, it's definitely seeing things through or seeing through things through on a timely matter. Like I remember I came back to a piece like three months later. I'm just like, um, <laughs> no, no, why? <laughs> <laughs> like, so just definitely like starting things and finishing things. There's also things I have not finished and I'm like, I'm not coming back to that. Or I'll get so far in a piece, I just won't finish. And so I do feel like for me, it's, seeing things through and also just stepping outside my comfort zone. It's like, okay, you know how to draw this one thing, but do you know how to draw this? Like try to draw this. Like you don't have to show anybody, just try it. And, <laughs> and I think for me, it's like, I have that, this weird ideal for myself is like, if I can't get something right on the first try, that means I suck and I will never do it again. So that's, that's another stressful thing. It's like dealing with that feelings of like, if I can't do it right on the first time, I'm not going to do it at all. <laughs> I'm just not gonna do it. And then, then you're like, oh, damn it, I have to do it now. It's just like, yeah, you, you yeah, exactly, yourself exactly. back in. You're like, oh, well, damn it, I gotta do it. I can't do it. Oh, I, I gotta do it, but I can't, but I can do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly it's that. Inner monologue. Monologue. <laughs> <laughs> and this is probably one of my favorite questions because it cuts really deep for people. It just brings out more light on the hobby itself. What are some misconceptions about people who illustrate? Well, one big one was thinking that I could do logos just because I draw and I'm like, um, there's different <laughs> different types of artists are visual artists. There's, you know, illustrating. I don't know all the I don't know all the disciplines because I 
I'm not like trained, so I don't know any other disciplines, but I could point to it, but like, yeah, that's a discipline. I can't do that. So like, I don't know, like visual design, I don't know if that's a field, but graphic design, um, vector art, pixel art, um, just because I can draw a face does not mean I can do a logo. <laughs> what? <laughs> or, you can't? <laughs> no. <laughs> like there's so many people who ask me for logos and I have to say, and I remember trying to do one for my friend because she was one of my closest friends. So she was like, you know, just try it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, so I tried it. I was like, yikes. <laughs> and like, but I've had people like actually ask me, like, can you do a logo? And I get why that misconception is there. Cause like, oh, you can draw this. I'm surely you can draw this. I can see where that, that line of thinking goes, but I can't, I can't do it. Like, so just, I guess that misconception is like, just because someone can draw one thing doesn't mean they specialize in like another type of subject. Like, for example, life drawing, yeah, I, this might be a really bad comparison, but like life drawing and like stylized drawing. And there might, they might overlap because you have a lot of people who do stylized drawings start with like life drawing or realistic drawings um, or art and they kind of go back and forth between two. But sometimes they just go straight to stylized. And, you know, it is what it is. Like for me, if someone asked me to do a self-portrait of them, I would be like, uh, I'm sorry, can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> can't do it. It's not going to look like you. That's still something that I'm working on trying to capture likeness in people. But I am far, I'm definitely a ways away from actually like doing commissions or like charging people for doing it. Cause I'm like, mm, it's not going to probably not going to look like you, <laughs> you know? So that's definitely a big misconception. Like thinking they can draw this because they draw one thing means that they can do other types of disciplines of arts when that's not necessarily the case sometimes. <laughs> well, if you ever want to start illustrating people and you want to use me as a template, it's very easy. Saitama with a beard, darker skin. Period. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> good. <laughs> I'll remember that. Yeah, yeah. I'm but of course, my notes yeah, right it, now. <laughs> that's absolutely true. That just because you can do one thing, it's kind of like saying if you do ballet, it doesn't necessarily mean you can break dance or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Or there's mm -hmm. all these things. Like I can podcast, doesn't mean I'm a good voice actor. I have a deep voice, doesn't mean I can do radio. It's mm -hmm. I'm tall, doesn't mean I can play basketball. Yeah, right, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All these misconceptions, but you're absolutely true. And you just got to stick to what you do the best. And if right. you want to grow, you grow the way that you want to grow. That's the beautiful thing about the creative arts. Exactly. Period. Yeah. I keep saying period. I must be nervous. I don't know why I keep saying period, but yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Adora, I have some filler words that I use all the time. Like speaking of which on that train of thought, yeah, they, I use that almost in every episode. So I try to not do it and maybe I'm nervous, but I'm just really into the conversations and I use those as like my defense mechanism. And speaking yeah, about defense mechanism, I'm going to direct the conversation towards you so i look less like a fool what has <laughs> illustrating taught you in life the value of patience um i can be someone who can be rather impatient in my in my life because i want something now it's like i want it now i want it now i want this now i don't want to wait i want it now so i think just like drawing art art illustrating all that you have to have a lot of patience to work through the piece from start to finish and um not rushing that's something that i've learned uh, recently I had a few revelations this year about how to draw um just like not rushing a piece because the pieces that i've take the longest on so the pieces the piece that took three months to make was came out 
really, really well. Like one of my best pieces, I believe, because it took three months. <laughs> I was able to not look at it for a month and a half and then come back to it. It's like, oh, okay, I, can, I think I know where to go from here. And this kind of take my time. Um, so just the patience and not even just with creating art, but just like your own journey. It, art, like I mentioned, your art and life and your goals and anything that you're trying to pursue. Just trusting the process and put and having patience to get to where you want to be. And and that takes time. It's not something that's going to be like day and night. It might um, if you go viral, get a bunch of sponsorships on TikTok or something. But um, realistically, probably not. Not like that anyway. And just like, yeah. So patience is something that I've definitely learned. And it's something that can be applied to every area of your life. Just like patience with your career, your personal goals, um, your life improvement, stuff that you want to see for yourself just yeah patience and just taking and i know it's all it's so much easier said than done because like tomorrow i'll wake up and like dang i wish i was rich or like you know <laughs> like man <laughs> like i wish i had x y and z so it's so much easier said than done i know some people may say like oh you know you're exactly where you need to be like be patient and it can become it could come off as like preachy and <laughs> preaching just like you know, just like telling you, saying that to you in order to be like, oh, kind of like dismiss, dismissing the very real feelings that you may feel as far as like where you might, the position that you may be in at that moment. So just for you, finding for yourself the solace and the assurance that you're going to, stuff is not going to, stuff is not going to be forever. You're going to get to where you want to be eventually and just trying to find peace in that the best you can. That's all it is, especially now just doing the best you can. <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. I'm, I'm yes, doing the best I can. that's all you can do. <laughs> that's all you can do. It does. That's my philosophy with this podcast as well. Some episodes are 27 minutes. Some go on for over an hour and you just got to go with the flow and you don't rush these things. And you are doing a fantastic job. You say you were nervous. I, I feel like I'm more nervous than you right now because <laughs> I have to leave a good impression on you. <laughs> oh, well, you <yeah>. have. <laughs> so, good, good. Mm, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking about leaving a good impression and just sharing the love, weird way of saying that, but do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby? Something that I've told people who want to do art is find something that you like. It could be um, landscapes. It could be a certain subject. It could be your favorite anime. Like it could be your anime, video game, cartoon, something you see on Netflix and try to draw something that represents your love for that it could be a character it could be gojo like i said gojo from jjk it could be um sora it can be roxas it could be riku it could be Kyrie. it could be anything that you love and just try to make art that represents that it could be that character it could be original character based off of that that media or that subject um do it like a self-insert um something that you genuinely love to to do or love to love to um consume and just go from there. You don't have to post it anymore. Just make it, try to find that love for yourself and enjoyment for yourself. And then if you want to just kind of make a Twitter account, make an Instagram account and throw it up on there and see what happens, go ahead, um, go for it. And through that, even though social media can be, uh, it can be, uh, you know, but um, is you can find a lot of inspirations from that way too, from that, from social media as well, even though there's a lot of, um, uh, mess that happens on those sites. Um, you can find a lot of inspirations on there. So I would say just 
find something that you love, like a media that you love or something that you love and draw from from that, draw from that and then create art from that media. And before you know, you'll be creating pieces. You'll be like, wow, I've created a lot. Let me post this. <laughs> and you post it and then boom, viral. The more you do, the better you get. Exactly. Exactly. Just finding that enjoyment for yourself. Like, don't worry about the number. I say viral, but really don't worry about the numbers or receptions because with the algorithms, oh, and yeah. <laughs> depending on like when you post it, you might post it when no one's online on a day that, you know, you posted something last Thursday, it got a lot of reception. And then you post the following Thursday at the same time and no one's online. It just varies so much. And those numbers are not like those are not representative on your value or skill as an artist because because I've seen a lot of artists who are so skilled and are just really phenomenal and get like their posts make no noise. There's no reception. It's like, why? It is because the algorithm, if you're not active enough or you post or you post certain things or if your uh, account gets marked as spam, it's just so many factors or just like you just it's a it's a roll of the dice every time you post. (laughs) So just. It's better to not worry about that as best you can. I know it's hard because I do. It's like, oh my God, why did no one like this? But as best you can, just not worry about it and just post or draw for your own pleasure, your own happiness and everything else will work out. <laughs> At the end of the day, just do it for you. And I completely understand the whole algorithm aspect. It's a whole thing with the podcast community as well. Mm-hmm. Guess, guess, care. Here's a question. Guess when I post my podcast, just out of curiosity, just see if you have mm-hmm. a wild guess. <laughs> It's going to be the most mm. random time. <laughs> it's either going to be like 3 a.m. or like 7 in the morning. <laughs> 2 a.m. Ah, I was right. <laughs> On I was Sunday. Close. Sunday, 2 a.m. Sunday? You, here's my reasoning. Oh. Sunday, it's like a hobby day. You know, Sunday you relax. That's the day you relax. It's hobbies. And 2 a.m. I do it because it releases on the same day internationally. So people who are in Japan, for example, get it on Sunday. Oh, <laughs> that makes, wow. That makes sense, though. It has, it's probably the worst thing for the algorithm, like to get listens. But I'm like, you know what? Sunday, hobby day, 2 a.m. Right. Sure. <laughs> right. In that case, it's like you got, you got to stay true to like what you want. Like, you know, Sunday's a hobby day. Maybe like if you look at your analytics, like Sunday's like you're like the, at least for me, my engagement <laughs> plummets on Sunday. But it's like you're staying true to like your brand, you know, brand, the podcast brand, like hobby time is on Sunday. So I'm a post on Sunday. So, you know, who cares about the algorithm at that point? But that's cool how you're staying true to you, to you and your brand, you know? You know what? The more I post, I've been doing it for three years, the more I do it, it will get into people's minds. 2 a.m. Hobby time. 2 a.m. Yeah. Hobby time. Yes. Time for exactly. your hobby. Boom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get an audience that stays up to 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so speaking about social media and the algorithm, we've talked about this at the beginning of the episode. I'll bring it back at the end because we have to keep showing you some love. Do you have any social media links, websites, or projects that you would love to reshare with the listeners? Yes, yes. So like I said, I am the most active on Twitter because it's very conversational and sometimes I just like to tweet things into the void. (laughs) But my Twitter is, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's Nana, maybe it's Maybelline, but (laughs) maybe it's Nana and um, maybe it's an N-A-N-A. And my Instagram is when you want just like the more professional polished side. You don't want my antics if you just want art and that's it. My Instagram, I'm fairly active on there as well. That is Nani Draws. So um, N-A-N-I-I Draws D-R-A-W-S. 
that is my the two handles I am most active on. That's perfect. I will put that down below and I followed you just to show oh, some love. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I love this back. connection and it's just been beautiful and I'll put that down so other people can come show you some love. Oh, and thank now you so much. to make my podcast a little different from all the other podcasts, it puts me on the spot. Do you have any questions for me about illustration? So have you, so you say you do music. Um, have you ever tried like doing like a visual type project? Cause I know it's like audio, but have you tried doing like visual design or like even illustrating or graphic design um like do you make your own um uh key art or like covers for your um music pieces or do you like commission somebody um i'm just curious have you done any visual design (laughs) so the answer is yes and this goes way back to when i was a kid i loved pokemon i still love pokemon i'm 30 years old i love pokemon no No shame no shame about that And I decided to like create my own 150 Pokemons when I was a kid. And like original, it's just like, and there was, I still have the drawings at my parents' place. I look back and like, oh, I, I have the worst penmanship, but it's like, oh, cool. I was like so inspired at that time. I created these Pokemons that look mm-hmm. cool. It kind of looked like Digimons at the same time. I don't know why. Wow. So it was that. And I kept those because I love creating stuff when, when mm-hmm. it comes to creating I just love doing it. Um, I always love messing around with graphic design as well. I'm not the best, but I love messing around with it. Mm-hmm. I've created this weird abstract like illusion thing. I created some other different designs. I created like my promo thing oh, for wow. my podcast, so, like the video. It kind of looks like an iPhone with a waveform uh-huh. and time at the bottom. Add a little Easter egg where adds the time of that specific timestamp in the episode. Mm. It's, I just love the creation aspect. I'm not the best at it. But mm-hmm. it is so fun to just create right. things. I wish mm-hmm. I said, sorry, I wish I created this logo for my podcast, but it was my friend who <laughs> actually, she's the one who inspired me to start my podcast. She's the one like, oh, let me make you a logo. I'm like, oh, dope. She made Ooh. it for me and I've been using it since. I have it on t-shirt and everything and just, I love it. <laughs> That's so cool. I love that. Oh, wow. And like you said, like, even though you may not consider yourself to be the best of it, as, as long as you're having fun, like, and that's really cool. You made 150 Pokemon, like, <laughs> like a hundred, like that is so much time. I could never, especially as a kid, <laughs> I couldn't like my, my, like, that's so impressive to do as a kid to like finish something and follow something through like that to create 150 Pokemon. That's really, really cool. <laughs> I find and that I really gave them dumb. names too. <laughs> oh, you have, you gave them names too? Oh God, they're horrible. I think it was back when it was in French because French is my first language. So I probably mm-hmm. named them in French or French and English. Uh, oh, but wow. it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was my creative outlet. I just love drawing, even though I was horrible at it. I loved it. <laughs> and that's the beautiful thing about art. You can just do it. Regardless. Exactly. I love that. That is so great. I love that so much. Ah! <laughs> if I can find them, I'll take some photos of them and send it to you via Twitter. I'm going to go to my parents this Sunday or Saturday, mm-hmm. I guess it's Christmas. my parents and then if i can find the book i will send some photos to you and then you can be like oh my god i regret asking that question alex no! oh my god these are abominations burn it no! <laughs> i'm curious i was like that's that's real like i said like the the commitment like i i'm so impressed like that's so cool <laughs> i would love to see it like <laughs> If you can find it, I would love to see it. <laughs> I will make it my mission to find it. Hey. So, so there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you, Nana, for just coming on and just sharing your passion for illustrating whatever your heart desires. I love the passion. I love the drive. I love your outlook on it. 
Thank if you guys you. want to learn more about Nana's uh, life experience, her passion for illustrating, you should go check her out. I'll put all the links down below in the description so people can go show some love. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the podcast, oh, sorry, if you love the podcast, you can leave a review on Spotify now. Apparently you can leave reviews on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, anywhere at all. And if you want to show some more love, I also have a Patreon and I sell merchandise on Redbubble. There is one design on my Redbubble where I actually did the graphic design and I'm like, oh, that's cool. But uh, <laughs> I'll share it with you after so you can take a look and see what it looks like and be like, okay, this passes. This doesn't pass. No. <laughs> but, <laughs> no. <laughs> but either way, what you do have to do is go show Nana some love because she has been so splendid and welcoming on just me reaching out to her on Twitter randomly. And she's like, you know what? I'll do this. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. thank you. so thank you thank once you. again for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Like, this is actually my first podcast. And I'm just like, podcast? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, so thank you for just your hospitality. I really appreciate you reaching out. My Sorry for being a little late with responding. But thank you so much and for having me. And I really do appreciate it, for real. The pleasure is all mine. And th I'm a night owl, so this is perfectly fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's really, it's really late. Yeah. How, where, what time is it for you? It is 11.11. Oh, okay. Okay. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. I thought, not too I thought bad. you guys at like 2 a.m. I was like, <gasps> sleep is overrated anyways, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I say up to 2 a.m. overnight. So, you know. Same <laughs> here. Like yeah. <laughs> so until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs>